Welcome to the Make Moves podcast. I'm your host, Jess. Conversations with entrepreneurs, health and fitness experts, beauty and wellness gurus. We're talking about all the things that make us human. Let's get right into it. Hello, Mariana. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah. So I found you through a sort of mutual friend, but you have been doing coaching and um, have has ha- have had a social media presence for a while now. How long have you been doing this? How long have you been in the space? Yeah. So I think the the journey to what I do today has been far beyond the past couple of years, but I launched Grotto Wellness, the coaching practice and platform last August and have have been growing ever since then. So it hasn't been that long. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, you have to start at some point. Um, exactly. And I think that's amazing. So what is what is sort of the background and the why behind Grotto Wellness? I love that. I was asking about the why that that definitely resonates. Um, so, you know, I think my interest in wellness started from a young age in cooking and in my mom being a doctor, my dad being in the sort of fitness world and seeing that, you know, these practices are are important, eating healthfully and good food and moving our body. But I, I don't think I had been on my own personal journey Um in a way that I would view now until after college, where I was working as a pre-K teacher in Chicago, I did the Teach for America program. And I was really interested in education. I was interested in systems. And I think because I felt like the work that I was doing was really important, that was number one. So I was in school getting my master's in teaching at the same time I was teaching. I kind of felt like I didn't know what I was doing and I had to really put all my energy and efforts into that. So I really wasn't doing anything substantial to take care of myself and what I would say now to fill up my cup. So I was very frequently running on an empty cup and it wasn't until COVID where I really was able to look at myself in the mirror and, you know, not really recognize this very deflated, low energy version of myself. Um, Also recognizing some health issues that I was having Um, that I wasn't taking any time for and some of the symptoms that I was having, you know, feeling like those were normal or not important enough to to dig into. So I really do view that time of being back in New York, which is where I'm from, taking a look at myself, digging into my health, um, when I really developed some of the routines, habits, interests that I have in in the health and wellness industry. Um, After finishing my teaching commitment uh, for two years and getting my master's. I knew I wanted to be in the health and wellness space, felt like the impact that I wanted to have as a teacher, I wasn't able to give my all without sort of experiencing that burnout, not being able to set the boundaries that I I think I would have. I just wasn't able to, frankly. Um, So I wanted to be in the health and wellness world and became a chief of staff at a health tech startup, which was really interesting sort of being on this different side of things where I was gaining business skills and learning about, you know, many different being, being a chief of staff at a, at a small startup just means you're hands-on in a lot of different areas. Um, And I sort of had a a different issue where still wasn't great at setting boundaries, still, you know, was kind of 
pouring too much into the work cup, uh, but I miss that human interaction piece. I miss feeling like I was really helping people and and working one-on-one -on -one with individuals in the way that you know I loved from teaching. So I had this second moment where I said, you know, I love health and wellness. I really want to be working with people. How can I do both? And what was it about my health journey that really, I think, began during COVID that was so empowering? And it was working with a practitioner who not only helped uncover, you know, through testing and, and other important things, but who really asked me to look at what I was doing and find the awareness and the intentionality myself so that, yes, we could, you know, debunk an issue that I was going through, but moving forward, know what my baseline is, you know, know the things that help me feel really good and be in touch with myself. I wanted to bring that to other people. So that's how I learned about coaching, you know, wanted to do this um, sort of my way, you know, meeting a practice that I felt really proud of and, and resonated with my values. Um, and that's kind of how Grata started from, from burnout, from surviving to thriving. <laughs> So we all know about macronutrients, carbs, fats, proteins. What about the micronutrients? This is why I love Ritual, their multivitamin that, by the way, it's delivered to me once a month. It contains vitamin K2, omega-3, vitamin B12, boron, vitamin D3, magnesium, iron, vitamin E, folate, and all of their ingredients are traceable so you can go on their website and see exactly where they get all of the ingredients that they use their packaging is super sustainable recyclable everything about this company is incredible you guys make moves listeners are going to receive 30 percent off their ritual order by going to ritual.com and using code make moves at checkout i get the multivitamin, the high Sarah, which supports skin hydration, minimizes wrinkles, and the symbiotic, which supports a healthy gut. You are going to go to ritual.com, use code MAKEMOVES, and you'll get 30% off. It's pretty big. Go start your new ritual right now at ritual.com, use code MAKEMOVES. I feel like I've heard that story now a lot with, especially with founders of their own um, their own practice or whatever it is that they've started, it almost aligns with like the healing journey. It's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've noticed this, you know, you, you hit rock bottom in a way, or you like you, in your words, your, your cup was empty and it really forces you to think like, what am I really here to do? What is my purpose? What so I think that's really, really interesting. If you don't mind, like, do you, would you share some of the, the issues that you were maybe that maybe came up in that, that lockdown COVID time of, uh, yeah. when you're sort of reckoning with looking at yourself in the mirror for like, the first time? <laughs> Absolutely. So I think the, the first piece was recognizing that a lot of the discomfort and physical symptoms that I was in was an unbalanced gut. You know, I didn't, I wasn't even familiar with that being an issue. Um, things that I just thought I would eat certain things and kind of be uncomfortable um, was a reality that I probably picked up something in the classroom. And, you know, instead of having immediate symptoms, it resulted in me having an unbalanced gut. So really, I mean, getting to basics with 
everything from habits from what you're eating and timing and how you're eating it and you know all of that I I'm so grateful for that time because it was much easier to do that when I didn't have external social plans you know um than I'm sure it would be if I were dealing with it now but I think I always say that what I found really was this inside out approach you know call it holistic wellness call it whole person health you know this idea that yeah there's some physical things that really help you know sleep what we eat exercise right all these tenets of health but it's also our mindset and the things that we do that help strengthen in the same way that we want to strengthen physical muscles like strengthening our mental muscles so you know I had a perception of myself which was I loved my friends I loved to have a lot of fun I don't really think I thought about movement as something that brought me a whole lot of joy you know I love to dance and and have fun in that way but I viewed exercise kind of in a punishing sort of way um, as something you have to do that's, you know, not going to be an enjoyable um, process. And both from finding really fun Zoom online, you know, workouts, whether it was, um, I got into jabs. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was like no. uh, choreographed boxing. Which oh, is fun. Uh, I love um, that. I love that. It was so much, you know, it was choreographed to music and my friends did it. So there was that social element. And then the second thing was I needed to get the heck out of the house at times. Yeah. So uh, I was walking certainly, but I also came into running and that was something that I think stretched me mentally as much as it did physically because I never perceived myself as somebody who was fit or a, certainly not a runner or you know I'm sure I said the words like I would never why would anybody want to run a marathon like I can never relate to that um, and COVID made me sort of fall in love with running getting outside both getting out of my head getting into my head you know thinking through things and also disconnecting um, and I think that was a huge piece that I picked up there which I turned around and I've between now and COVID run two marathons, which is still shocking to say. Amazing. <laughs> did one and I was like, I'm never going to do that again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> after the first one, I was like, maybe after the second one, I said, never again. <laughs> I'll root everybody else on. Um, but, you know, I think that was part of that journey of like, first of all, my interests are not linear. You know, I'm growing. I might not be the same person I was yesterday and that's okay. Um, so I think it was the time for a lot of experimenting, self-reflection, all of that. And so you went and you, you got a certification in, in health yeah, yeah. coaching. What is your, what is your certification? Yes. So last May, I got my certification as a health and wellness coach from Well Coaches, which is a, an accredited, um, coaching program and they partner with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. So you learn the lifestyle piece. And then last winter, I sat and received my uh, national board certification. So I have the sort of like baseline certification Then I'm also national board certified. And I think what's really cool about that is seeing how coaching is growing. You know, it's something that there are like so many health coaches now, but um, it's not only becoming something that is like a wellness modality that, you know, people are going to um, outside of maybe like something like a nutritionist or a therapist, right? Like an additional sort of practitioner, but it's also being added on the clinical side where you might see that in a 
you know, diabetes program or like triaged with with a program that a doctor would be leading. Um, so I really love that element of it to see that it's something that's growing on the medical healthcare side as well. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I think that's the one place where, and it's a big, big piece uh, where, you know, Western medicine is kind of missing the mark is just, just not incorporating the whole body and the mind and, and the heart and feelings and everything. And so I think it's, it's really amazing that you're doing it. So what was it like? You get the certification. How do you go about getting clients and actually (laughs) making this like a, a job? Yes. No, it's such a good question. I think that there were elements. I'm very system oriented. So initially, you know, I knew that to become a coach and then to start a business, there were like things I needed to do, like create an LLC and get my uh, professional liability insurance and a bank, a business bank account, you know, all those sort of like tangible steps. Um, But I don't, I don't think I imagined how truly entrepreneurial that it would be in a very exciting way, you know, um, allowing me to sort of wear all these different hats. But I think to answer the first question you asked, I started from my community, uh, the people I went to college with, the people I worked with in the past. Um, I'm living in New York City, so, and I'm from New York. I went to college in the uh, metro area. So I really started with the circle, the people that I knew and just kind of shared what I'm doing, what I'm working on. I find that and I'm excited to dive into your journey as well. I find that one of the biggest barrier to entries, especially with coaching, is just like people don't really know what that means. So, you know, in in growing something, I think sharing that both with my personal network and also on social media has been fun to show like what is health coaching and what am I doing? And um, also having the flexibility and grace of like, I'm gonna try a million things. I'm going to speak to many people. Not everything's going to work out, but, um, you know, sort of in that building experimental stage. And I think the, the client piece sort of just built on one another, you know, I meet with people and they would refer me to their friends and, um, sort of built out that way. And then the other pieces that I consult with, um, a few, uh, longevity clinics. So that's sort of on the clinical side where, I have the experience also working with a doctor and being the health coach that sort of helps a patient, you know, build in the conversation, build off the conversation that one would have just had with their doctor, or as we just said before, zoom out and say, as a person, what are you working on? How do these, you know, health goals fit into your overall well-being? Uh, I think that's so important, such important work to again, like bring that into the conversation when you're dealing in a clinical setting. Um, so when you're, when you're starting out and even now is everything virtual, I would say maybe 80% of, um, client interactions are virtual. The, you know, I, I certainly have a New York city base. So sometimes we'll go for walks or we'll have like intentional in-person time. Cause I know half the battle is a lot of people are really busy professionally. So I will meet on evenings or on weekends. So if we're meeting in person, it's like an intentional, um, I'd like to get out, I'd like to see you sort of thing. And I think that that certainly strengthens a bond. Um, but most most clients are virtual um, throughout the 
US, I have some international as well. And then something that I've been really enjoying as well as the event piece. So in the New York City area, um, joining events either personally and, and taking a class or leading a meditation or um, wellness workshop has been really a cool way to see some of my clients and then also greater, you know, community that's aligned and excited about wellness modalities. Yeah, I I do almost everything virtual as well, but yeah. I do several events throughout the year and meeting like the energy of of an event is is my favorite thing in the world. I love it so much. So I totally get that. I'm so curious and and you were talking about the education piece mm-hmm. of of starting out your um your coaching business. So can you tell us like what would a session look like with you? It's a great question. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Um ideally, you know, initially uh, the potential client or the client would have filled out a history form. I call it a health and wellness history form. And it gives me some context, you know, it's pretty extensive, but I think the, my, my greater intention from it is from the person to sort of take a, take a a little bit of time to sort of reflect on the different facets of their life and assess for themselves. Like where, what are the things that I'm crushing right now? Where are the areas that I might want to focus my energy you know, what are the things that aren't really of major importance? So kind of giving somebody that five to 10 minutes to sort of personally reflect, you know, without saying mm. here, do a ton of journaling, you know, it's a pretty it's simple kind of form. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like your own journey when you exactly have had that, which I, which again, Completely. I think is so important when you're on any heal, like kind of healing journey, which is sort of what you're, what you're focusing on. So exactly, exactly. And so you know, in that first session, we will go through the things that, you know, the person felt energy around the things that are going well, usually people go to the things that aren't going super well. So, you know, the part of the process too, is recognizing like, what am I doing? Well, what are my strengths? And how can I use that on some of the things that I want to build a little further into? Um, But going from there, you know, walking through strengths and challenges and motivations, we will create what is a wellness vision? So who are you at your very best? What do you feel like? How do you act? Who is that person? And, you know, creating like a compelling statement of what success looks like, what the optimal ideal version of me looks like, so that when we're creating goals, when we're faced with challenges, like we can root in, well, what am I going after anyway, right? I think it's very easy in college and, you know, after college, feeling like there's one version of success and fill in the blank of what that looks like. But when we take a step aside, we recognize that like success is what we define it to be. So having a good idea, as you asked me earlier, like what is my why? Having a good idea of what the optimal outcome looks like is is a good way to root. And obviously that's evolving. So definitely can change, but we start there and then we will create some long-term goals. So in three to six months, where there's some areas and what are some specific goals where I want to see myself building towards this vision. And then what are the small steps? What are the short term in the next week? How can I make tangible action towards those longer term goals and changes? Um, And then that's sort of like a first session. And then the follow-up sessions, we talk about what's come up during the week, 
we're always, you know, focusing on the the nitty gritty on the small things, but having the backdrop of bigger picture. And, you know, certainly each individual obviously is different, but I think it's nice to think about, you know, the month ahead, the week ahead, the season ahead, those sort of things to like root in, what am I focused on? Um, and then certainly everything is guided by the client because you are the best, you know, you're the best expert of how you feel, who you are. And I'm here sort of providing some structure and guidance, but um, any kind of change, any kind of goal is coming from you and what you want for yourself. I love that approach. It's definitely how we should just, whether you work with someone or not, like be thinking about our life. I love what you're saying about, you know, thinking about the upcoming season or just whatever it might be um, and kind of mentally preparing and using the tools that I'm sure that, you know, you, I'm sure you have tons of tools that you work with to like help people through things and just, just being aware and being like mindful of what's coming up. What, you know, what am I working towards? So powerful. What do you think is like, I guess if we just look at maybe health, what are some Mm -hmm. of the main concerns or problems that people are having that you're, that you're seeing? That's a great question. From a physical health standpoint, I think that many of us are really tired and lacking energy and probably, I won't even say prioritizing, just like not getting optimal sleep. Um, I think I noticed you're wearing an aura ring as well. So um, <laughs> I'm not currently. I, I work, I work for them, okay, but okay. I, yeah, I've, I've had it for, for so long. I love it. Yes. And, you know, I think what's great about a lot of the wearable tools is not only like taking one step beyond how long am I sleeping and like how effective is my sleep? How am I actually restoring and resting? So I would say sleep is a big one, uh, general like lack of energy. Um, I think a second piece would be around movement, food, eating, you know, in, in a, on the one hand, a wonderful thing about Instagram and social media is that there's such a wealth of resources and exposure to so many things. And I think on the other hand, there's the overwhelm of, well, every creator, every person says, these are the three things to look and feel amazing. And how do I make those choices for myself? Um, And going a step beyond that, like a a lot of people will be like, okay, I have a good idea of what I want to do. How do I find the time to do it? Or how do I stay committed to doing that? Um, So the sort of like accountability, commitment, um, motivation piece of I don't wake up every day feeling motivated I don't wake up every day feeling excited to crush the goals that I have for myself how can I commit to those things on those days too I think there is a a big issue I don't and I don't know exactly what to attribute it to but it does seem like everyone is tired and like you were saying their their cup seems empty mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder if, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've like put thought into this, but I, I almost wonder if there's, if the layer of social media affects mm-hmm. that, like if it's just the fact of seeing so many people's highlight reels and seeing right. all of the amazing things that they're doing, just sort of dra- A, it drains you and B, it almost like takes your motivation away because you're like, well, that just looks too unachievable. Right. 
yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, you know, if we think about something like gratitude, right, it's a practice mm -hmm. that asks us to reflect on not just finding positives and like ignoring negatives, right, in the same way that our, our negative emotions are just as important as our positive ones, right? Um, that, that's what make us human. But being able to reflect on the things that we have in abundance, the things that we do have in our life, and even viewing the challenges, what they've opened our eyes to see or the growth that we've experienced. Social media is certainly a way that can can sort of strip some of that away and saying, this is what I don't have and this is what I'm not doing. Um, when there are probably so many things each of us are already doing and the things that we already have and have accomplished, but it's it's easy to let those feel diminished when you see the amazing lives and you know sort of idea of perfection that we sometimes can absorb from social media. It's so true. What are some of the main tools that you use, even if they're just like sort of mental exercises? Yeah. Let's go with the example of exhaustion, feeling so tired. Yeah. Can you give us like some of the, the things that you grab for in your, in your totally. toolkit? <laughs> yes. Well, I think something that kind of bounces off the conversation we were just having about social media is this idea of perfection, right? Like ha thinking that perfection is our goal and falling into sort of that all or nothing mindset of I'm having a perfect week. I'm going to bed. I'm feeling rested. I'm exercising. I'm doing all the things and it's a great week. And then following, oh my God, I just had such a crazy weekend. I'm totally drained. I didn't do anything for myself. You know, I was with friends, I was working. I was, I just, I'm, I lost it. I ordered in all my meals, right? Like it's over. Um, and I'm going to start Monday and it's going to be perfect. And I need to go to bed at eight and eat kale all day and go to hit classes, you know, two times a day or whatever. Um, so first recognizing when we're falling into that trap of, what are we what are we going for? Why are we aiming for perfection? And why does an all or nothing sort of mindset or mentality feel appealing? Well, often it can be it can help to have the positive momentum of I did this one thing that felt really good for me, and now I can build off of that compared to I did this one thing that maybe wasn't perfectly, you know, wasn't fitting in my version of health and wellness, and now it's all for naught, and now I've ruined it all. And instead saying, you know, first of all, each of us defines what the optimal outcome is, right? So if I ask myself, what am I looking for from an energy perspective? I would say, well, I'd like to feel pretty rested, but I totally understand if like I had a really fun night out and I'm going to be tired the next day, I need to sleep in. Or if I had something I needed to work hard on for work and, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, take it easy the next day and a little bit more, um, allowing us to a like my my point is my version of success even from an energy standpoint isn't perfection I'm not like aiming for a hundred percent all the time so then when things don't go perfectly and we are tired or we you know kind of go off the um, off our perfect routines we can remember okay like this is an example of a time when I'm deviating from my routine I'm deviating from my plan but I recognize that I know the ways to give back to myself. And even if I, I've gone <laughs> far off course, you know, I, I don't have to feel like I'm, I'm erasing or I'm punishing myself to get back to square one and instead just 
starting from the place of what are the things that help me feel good? How can I start there and move forward rather than look backward? That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's such a good exercise to do to flip the way that you view your your journey, your day, mm-hmm. your weekend, whatever it might be. It's it doesn't have to be some something perfect whatever mm-hmm. it's it's your version i even like how you said your version of health and wellness cuz it's different for everyone we're all right. very different <laughs> i totally. absolutely love that what if like do you mind you don't have to share like specific details but since you've been doing this for a bit do you have any i don't know like really amazing stories of maybe seeing someone go from like like deflated to mm-hmm. cup full I I would love to hear like yeah, I don't know it's a great question of, yeah yeah no it's those are some of the happiest interactions or the times when I feel the most um I I really feel like I resonate with what I'm doing is when I start a session where somebody's feeling deflated and when they recognize in themselves you know and and feel that sort of um energy burst I think too just in, in saying that it's like, yes, I'm, I'm the person on the other side of the phone, on the other side of the screen, but the act of working together, especially in the coaching dynamic is like, you are seeing the strengths in yourself, right? Like maybe I'm a mirror and helping, you know, allowing you to hear something that you've been feeling, but not listen to it yourself or not hear it in a language that you were um, open to or ready to, but I can think of a couple examples and the idea of trust and self-trust and self-doubt comes up a lot. Um, and, you know, I was just, I was actually just having this conversation with the client today where on the one hand, it's an incredible trait to be able to recognize when we need help and when we want to ask questions and when, you know, we should seek advice and guidance from other people. And on the other hand, it's really important to know when we have to listen to our intuition and go with our gut and, you know, recognize Mm -hmm. that the thoughts that we're having are valid and worth listening to and acting on. So that sort of decision-making between, you know, when is, when is it appropriate to ask for help, ask for advice? And when am I just not listening to myself? And when is it appropriate to trust myself and, you know, quiet that doubting voice? And obviously that varies person to person, situation to situation. But I think the moments, whether it's during a session or a text that I get of, you know, I was dealing with this situation and I I don't know that I handled it perfectly in the moment, but I reflected and realized that it was a moment when I wasn't necessarily trusting myself or listening mm-hmm. to my intuition. And I can recognize that, you know, that like self-awareness is, I think, such a gift. And I always say anybody who's willing to grow and work on themselves and reflect is somebody who has my admiration. So I feel like those are some of the most (laughs) rewarding, you know, knowing their, their struggle with it and then seeing them realize it and, and take, take the action is so rewarding. Do you ever feel like depleted yourself just because you are you know, putting so much into pouring so much into other people? That's such a good question. 
Um, I think that a lot of it is practicing what I preach and Mm -hmm. knowing that in order to have a full cup to be present for my clients and be ready and open hearted and, you know, non-judgmental, all those things, it's me doing the work as well, right? So how am I taking care of myself? What's my self-care routine? You know, how can I come to a session and feel present and open and I I absolutely think that's something I continue to work on considering, especially in my teaching past, that was something I really struggled with. Like I just could not turn that off. And I felt, I felt it. I felt the stress that my kids and their parents and the community and all of that. um, And I couldn't be the best professional, the best person I wanted to be because I feel like I was hanging on carrying a lot of that. So I think that you know, whether it's having my own mindfulness practices, going for a walk, reflecting, doing my journaling, um, and then, you know, knowing when I need a break, knowing when I need to sort of reset as well. But it's definitely something that I am actively working on. <laughs> what are some of those things? Because I know as someone who also works one-on-one with people, but also just mm-hmm. has their own business, It's like, maybe I do need to take a break, but (laughs) things also have to get done. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm so curious because you just from, from the moment you hopped on the the call, you have very like calm, inviting energy. And I'm very, yeah, I'm very curious. What are (laughs) some of those things that you're doing? You guys, I'm freaking out a little bit. I have an amazing offer for the Viome Full Body Intelligence at-home test. This is one of the most advanced microbiome and cellular test kits on the market. So once you complete the test, you'll get over 50 health scores that will reveal how your current diet and your lifestyle impact your health and might be contributing to some of the symptoms that you're experiencing. They even give you food recommendations, like a customized food list that's sorted into categories. You should like avoid, minimize, or enjoy. They give you supplement recommendations for like vitamins, digestive enzymes, amino acids that you might want to add into your diet. And they even recommend improvements that you can make to optimize your gut health. Make Moves listeners are going to receive $110 off the Viome Intelligence Test by going to viome.com, order your full body intelligence test, and use code MAKEMOVES at checkout. That is V-I-O-M-E dot com and use code MAKEMOVES at checkout to get $110 off. So that puts it right around $289 for your test. And again, you're going to receive over 50 comprehensive health scores. You're going to find out a lot more about where you might be falling short in terms of your diet, supplementation, and your gut health. This is huge. I am so, so, so excited about this. Putting health into your own hands is so important to me. So don't miss out on this. Again, it is biome, V-I-O-M-E.com and you're going to use code MAKEMOVES at checkout. Totally. I think sometimes it's just letting go of like a perfect self-care, perfect mindfulness practices need to take an hour long or like need to be really, you know, involved. Um, I remember hearing, it was like a, 
an Instagram sound or a real sound that said like very few things get worse when you go for a walk. <laughs> and I think that that resonates with me so much. Like sometimes I could just literally go for a five minute, like three minutes out and back sort of thing. And I feel that much better. So I think just getting outside and going for a quick walk, um, letting go of time constraint, right? Like if I have a meeting in 15 or 20 minutes saying, even if it's literally two blocks, that is okay. Just some kind of outside yeah. presence I think is helpful. Um, I do, I have it on my desk next to me. I like to keep all my different <laughs> journals and planners. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I have a notes app that I keep on my phone and laptop that I uh, find that just helps me organize my thoughts. Like I don't feel like every second needs to be planned, but I do think that putting in there, whether it's my movement or some kind of, you know, thing that I'm doing for myself, like really putting that in my calendar and reminding myself, just like I would this call, you know, any other professional or social engagement, I think really helps. Um, but let's see, definitely walks, movement in general, you know, I, anything from a exercise class to a run, any of those things I love to build into my week, um, the reflection, the planning, as I mentioned. And then I think from a mind body perspective, I love meditation and breath work. And I was definitely one of those people that, you know, when I first heard about meditation, I was like, this is not for me. I can't yeah. sit still, you know, not resonating. And um, I think that both like guided meditations have been really helpful, like visualizing something. I'm a good listener. So <laughs> that's made it much more accessible. Um, and I think also just like with light stretching, like whether it's yoga or, you know, just breath work in general, kind of connecting to myself definitely helps me feel like a more grounded, calm, happy person. Absolutely. Okay. Wait. So what are the exact journals that you have? You just picked up okay. like three. Yes, I did. So <laughs> this one I found it's called, it says progress and it's by my goals. I actually found it in London and I learned that they do not <laughs> sell it to the U S which was so sad. Oh no. Um, Really sad because this one, basically they have a bunch of different journals, but this is a like 90 day goal journal where you write in it every day and you're building towards goals that you set. So I like the discipline of this one. And then this one is by intelligent change. And I actually just got this. It's mm. called notes to mindfulness. They also do the, um, the five minute journal, which oh, a lot of people, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you've probably seen that before. And this one is about like having a practice of mindfulness and intention so each day you're writing down you know something from a self-awareness perspective what you're noticing uh your morning routine your gratitude and then actions that you're doing so I find that I just started this one <laughs> but I've found that um it's nice to sort of have the the guidance of it's a built-in gratitude which I love to do every day, um, as well as like what tangible actions am I taking? Because I'm a tangible action person. So it's nice to that. both zoom out, feel good, but then also have a plan forward. Yes. And then what breath work meditations, do you have like specific people that you go to? Do you do your own? I, I really vary that. I have gotten much more in the habit of doing my own, just like guided breath work which has been really nice. I, from an app perspective, I would use Peloton. Um, 
I do core power yoga and I love that, you know, it's such like a mind body experience. And then I'm always tuning into different amazing people on Instagram as well. Whenever there's a live or something is shared, I feel like I learn so much from other yeah. people. Yeah. Do you typically find yourself recommending, you know, meditation mindfulness to clients as well? Definitely. I mean, you know, I think there's a there's a fine line between I think every person could benefit from having <laughs> right <Yeah>. like <laughs> mindfulness or practices that they do. I think also, you know, if somebody's going to ask me for advice or ask me for guidance, like I would openly share resources or suggestions. Um, but I wouldn't tell you like you must meditate for because like that might not work for everyone. Right. And so for some people, it's like going for a walk where I'm feeling in touch with myself or taking a little bit of extra time on my skincare routine, but kind of knowing what are the things in your day that you do for you that mm -hmm. allow you to, whether it's be mindful or be intentional or have gratitude um, rather than feel like we go in the motions because we, we go through the motions of a lot of things and it's having that sort of intention and actively filling up our cup that I think helps with that uh, mindfulness muscle. Yeah. It's like one thing to be like, just do some sort of meditation and almost just to like put it on paper, but mm -hmm. to actually sit in it and do it, that's where you actually reap the benefits, you know, right. Not just saying well, and that you got it done. Exactly. And I think that from social media, we can feel like, oh, well, to be the perfect wellness girly, I need oh my to gosh. meditate and ice roll and, you know, <laughs> walk for two hours you know what I mean like there's so yeah. many things that people share which are amazing there you know so many of those practices are wonderful but I think we fall into the trap of saying well if that doesn't work for me then is there something wrong with me or you know where to go from there so I think rec recognizing that yes there's such a great um, opportunity for experimentation and trying things out and seeing what works for you and knowing that like if one thing doesn't work it's not a failure you can try it again and it just might not be the perfect formula for you. What are some wellness or even health trends that you see that you're not very fond of <laughs> or think are like kind of ridiculous? I, I think just generally anytime I see something that is like, this is the perfect recipe for your health, happiness, and success. And, you know, it being like specific things to eat or a specific workout. Like I just firmly believe that each of us are so incredibly different. And yeah. yes, there are totally basics that all of us can focus on, like sleep, exercise, eating real, whole, nutritious foods, having fun, resting, relaxing, right? Like I do believe that those are constant, but I think the way that we do them and how we find success is just incredibly individual and tailored to each person. So I think that would be when I sort of shake my head up. Like, there's just no perfect recipe that's going to no. be for every single person. Yeah. What are your thoughts on what I eat in a day videos? Interesting. So I, I've never done one. I think that I will find myself watching them from time to time to look for Me recipe too. inspiration, you know, like truly first of all, I'm, I'm curious, what are people eating in a day? And I definitely find uh, inspiration for what I'm going to cook or what I'm in the mood for from 
recipes on Instagram and TikTok, I find that it can, you know, it can be problematic when one person is comparing what somebody else ate and not thinking yeah. about what their bodies are like or how they're moving or who they are and what their, you know, makeup is. So I think that if you're viewing it as a tool of learning about what other, what products are out there, how people are cooking, you know, as part of research, totally enjoy. But I think that, you know, the problem starts when we start to compare ourselves or yeah. you'll judge ourselves for what we're eating compared to what somebody else is. Um, yeah. But, you know, certainly I'm like, oh, I love those feta eggs. I should throw feta into my eggs. <laughs> yeah I that the only thing about it that like kind of I've never done one either I've always said I never will but it's just because of that I don't want anyone to watch it and be like oh I should eat that like this you know it's yeah. like you you really have to build the muscle of listening to your own body signals I think that our culture and our upbringings and everything is like tries to strip all of that away and so in our adult life we have to start to like if we don't have if we don't have that intuitively we have to start relearning you are very you're very calm like I said I love your energy it's like is in your you're very positive have you always been this way is this like kind of how you were brought up or is this something you've kind of come into with the whole other journey you were on I think it's a side of me I've always had. I'm, I've always been super energetic and positive and, uh, you know, full of energy. And I think that was one of the pieces, first of all, that helped when I was a pre-K teacher, <laughs> just inherently. Oh, yeah. um, but I think that was one of the telltales to me and to my family when I came home for COVID and I felt and was so deflated. Um, so I think that maybe that was the time when I wasn't, you know, feeling my most calm and energetic and, and uh, positive self. But I think that I've always loved, I, I didn't even really know what it was, but I've always loved, you know, the one-off yoga classes I would have gone to, or, you know, sort of that idea of connecting to the inner you. Um, you know, interestingly, I went to a Quaker school and mm -hmm. I wasn't raised Quaker, but they talk about your inner light. And during the sort of meeting for worship, you sit in silence. And that was such an interesting experience. Like when you're really little, I went to the school for 15 years. So when I was really little, I hated meeting for worship, right? I was like jumping out <laughs> of my seat. You're whispering to your friend, you're braiding your hair, you know, you're doing all of these things to just get through the 40 minutes. And by junior, senior year, I remember really loving it. And, you know, some people would share, reflect on how they were feeling during the during the meeting. But I think just that comfort with silence is something that I gained from that. Um, and from the values of Quakerism, which are peace and, you know, service and, and a lot of really lovely things um, that just were part of my education. And then I think the other piece is knowing that from my upbringing, my mom being a doctor and really interested and in, passionate about prevention. So she wrote a book on cancer prevention and Oh wow! Rather than you know, rather than deal with disease once we have it, how can we be proactive? And this is going back, you know, ten years, fifteen years. Um, so she was definitely ahead of her time with that. And 
from my dad's end, he being the sort of entrepreneur, he's the yogi himself. So, you know, that's something that I didn't even think about having impacted me because he's not one to put his hobbies or his interests on others. Uh, but certainly having him do his yoga privately every morning, I'm sure had an impact um, and his incredible. very calming energy. Yeah. How, okay. So I want to hear more about this Quaker school. Was this just yeah. like a random school that you fell into or, or. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm from Long Island and it's mm -hmm. the school that was nearest um, to my house. And I think had a great education and happened to be based on the Quaker um, values. So it's not a, it's non-denominational in that any person can go there. As I said, I'm not Quaker, wasn't raised Quaker, but instead it uses the, um, uses the principles to influence the teaching and the education. And so um, I think I had a great education from a, you know, intellectual educational standpoint, but I think from a young age, learning about gratitude, learning about community and, you know, calm and peace and how to care for one another certainly has affected me. And I'm so glad, you know, that's like taking a whole person approach before I even knew what that yeah. meant. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, so, so interesting. I like when you said Quaker, I just, uh, I'm like, I feel like I was in a box. Like I had no idea that right anyone was still practicing that or that it still <laughs> yeah. existed but that's incredible to hear about um yeah and what an interesting experience and then your dad being a yogi is <laughs> it was that like your whole life like he always has been because that also seems kind of ahead of ahead of Definitely. the time too yes um certainly ahead of his time and from before I was born sort of timing um, but as I said, kind of to himself, you know, maybe he taught like a class when I was in elementary school or something um, for fun, but it certainly wasn't something that I took up personally until rather recently. So, you know, I feel like the that calming energy, that mind-body connection has been, has influenced me more than I know, but I think it also takes sort of maturity and you know, oh, yeah. time in the real world to know when you need it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Mariana, what a, what a pleasure. Where can everyone find you? Thank you. No, thank you for having me. Everyone, I would love to connect with you on Instagram at Grotto Wellness. I have my website, grottowellness.com, but I happily respond to any message or anything, whether you want to you know, talk wellness or work on coaching. I'm, I'm your girl. You also have a great Instagram for just like little, like lots of educational things on there that I think are, are amazing. I love that you I just put that. all of that out for free. It's so it's, it's awesome. Um, well, yeah, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it a ton. I think everyone is going to get so much out of this. So yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate the time and interest and it was really special to share my story with you. And so I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go leave a rating review wherever you're listening. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram. It is at makemoves underscore pod to stay up to date with the latest episodes, find out about merch, 
and events and all of the things. I will see you next time. Have a great rest of your week.